And now, an interview with Eloy LaSanta. I am talking to Eloy LaSanta of Third Eye Games, and we're going to be talking about his game Part-Time Gods. Welcome, sir. Hello, everyone. First off, for anyone who might not be familiar, tell us a little bit about the game Part-Time Gods. The game Part-Time Gods, it is where you play characters who are just regular people who have been imbued with the powers of gods, and you are given this huge amount of divine responsibility that you then must go and enact. And there's a certain amount of juggling that has to be done, as in you have to juggle your real life versus your divine responsibilities, and going and trying to attain power is actually the same thing as leaving your mortal life behind. And it's a fun kind of balancing game that Part-Time Gods has become. Let's talk a little bit about the source. What's that? The source. So the source is the entity within the setting that has released the energy that then produces what a god it actually is. Way back in the day, the gods actually sealed it away and found a way to kind of siphon its power. And it has now recently erupted again, and it's trying to escape. And that's why now in the game, there's a big surge of a lot more gods popping up in the modern day. Very suddenly, and it's because the source is trying to come back. So you might just be walking down the street, all of a sudden, you get hit with this immense power, and you find out that you're the god of sidewalks or whatever. And then all of a sudden, you have this giant cyclops coming after you at that point. And it's like, wait, what's going on here? And it's, it's very much about that. It's very much about a regular person. What if a regular person was put in these types of situations? So I guess the primary conflict then, well, it's you, you have two different layers of conflict, which let's talk about that a second. I find that very interesting that you've got both the supernatural conflicts and then the mundane conflicts that you have to deal with. I'm curious how you weave that together in the game. Well, uh, very very awesomely, I'd like to think. It sounds um, it. <laughs> <laughs> the divine conflicts are mostly between the gods themselves. So a lot of it is God on God. You and your other people in your group, they are the pantheon that rules that area. And a lot of the game is contingent upon the pantheon getting along, maybe doing things to countermind each other, kind of like how gods used to be back in the day. Also, other gods coming in to try and take your territory, or even if you and your group want to go and try and expand into other gods' territory, you can do that as well. But the way that the game works and how it kind of interweaves the mundane and the divine is you create what are called bonds. Uh, during character creation for your character. And these are the things in their life that link them to their humanity, which link them to being a regular person. And as these things come under fire or get damaged, they then start to take on some of the worst aspects of humanity, basically. And then they start to kind of drift away from being a regular person and more into becoming a god. The reason for this is because it's more to reflect kind of what the, the gods of myth all kind of represent. You know, it was Hera at one time was a very motherly deity, yeah. and then she was consumed with jealousy and hatred and all of these things. And these are very real things that can happen to your character where, you know, it's no longer the love of your wife that starts to motivate you. It's the hatred for this thing. And it starts to become a balance of you becoming less caring about the things that a human would care about. How do you set up the mechanics in a game like this? What are the mechanics like? 
the mechanics for this game actually followed the DGS Lite, which is a um, slightly lighter version than the classic DGS Dynamic Gaming System, which I created for my other two games, Apocalypse Prevention Inc. and Wushing the Ninja Crusade. And this one is broken down a little bit more, but just like the classic DGS, it only uses a single D20, and it uses difficulties from 10, 20, 30, and up to 40. And you can go higher as you get more and more powerful, but 40 is usually about the max that a starting character can actually get to. It's a simple roll of d20, add your attributes plus skills plus applicable modifiers, and see what you roll and then see what happens. It works really nicely, and the playtests for part-time gods have come back, and everybody's very happy with the results so far. Okay, that's very cool. And part of what I guess I was wondering when you were talking about that was if there was any sort of mechanic that had been put in there specifically to represent that whole balancing act. You know, when you get your bonds, you actually build them, and they get numbers to represent the strength of the bond. And these numbers are counterbalanced with the strength of your divine spark. And the more powerful that your spark becomes, you'll eventually have to start giving up some of your bonds or weakening the ones that you have. That is very cool. I really like that idea because it's just so often that you see in RPGs where people seem to have superpowers of some kind with absolutely no consequences for wielding them. Exactly. That is very good. So where did you get the idea for this game? It came from me watching a TV show called Dead Like Me. And I was watching the show and being like, you know, that would be really interesting. What if it wasn't just Grim Reapers? What if they were just a collection of gods? What if they were a pantheon who sat in a coffee shop just talking about baseball. It kind of became the idea of these very mundane things where basically being a god isn't what it's really cracked up to be. Yeah, Being a god is actually more of a hassle than you know, I'm a divine person and I'm going to go on mythic quests. No, sometimes it's like, you know what, I really would just like to go home and eat dinner with my wife, but I can't do that because I have to go get this goblet from the fire. <laughs> you know, <it's> like, <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to be late for dinner, honey. I'm fighting Titans this evening. (laughs) Exactly. That's kind of where the humor of the game also comes out. Anything that I write has to have at least a little bit of humor. I I don't have it in me to write a completely serious thing. So yeah, it has to have a little bit of humor. And that's kind of the tone that Part-Time Gods is taking. There have been one or two other games that try to do something similar. I believe Scion is one of the bigger ones. And so the question would be, what really separates Part-Time Gods from something like that? When you play Scion, first of all, the power levels get ridiculously wonky as soon as you are not, like, a starting character. And (laughs) so, I mean, there's that. The whole thing about Scion was you aren't really a regular person. You're the child of a god, and you have to go and you're fighting things that are just destroying everything, and you are super powerful, and you eventually become a god yourself and travel and will join the pantheon and stuff. And part-time gods actually leaves a lot of what you would expect from a quote-unquote god game behind, and I'm trying to really kind of take a new angle at it. The other Hmm. game that tried this was Noblis, but then Noblis is more of a, like, you are a concept. Like, you're not a god of death. You are death. You're not a god of enlightenment. You are enlightenment, and that's why there's no dice and whatever. Sort of an anthropomorphic personifications rather than uh, Yeah, yeah, like it gets kind of weird. And what I tried to do is I read up on both of the games, and I'm trying to hit a nice balance between the two. 
when I say that you can be the god of fill-in-the-blank, you really can. Whenever I actually get around to playing this game, I now have a terrible urge to play the god of fill-in-the-blank. I am the god of Mad Libs. Yes! I can take any concept and replace it with another concept! You know, if I was actually going to be the god of Mad Libs, I would just make it sound like you're saying ridiculous things. Yes, even exactly. And, make it, and you have no clue you're saying it, but everyone else is hearing you saying ridiculous things. That would be so and cool. It would be hilarious. I try and gear people away from that sort of thing with <laughs> character creation. <laughs> you know, there really should not be a goddess of cheese or Jeff the god of tacos. There really shouldn't be these types of things. Gods should be like big mythic flashy things. You know, like you really don't need a god of sidewalks. Well, the I sidewalks try. aren't going to go on existing by themselves, are exactly. they? <laughs> I mean, it's gonna happen, but I'm just saying I try to give you away. What, um, what tiny amount of damage control you can get in at this point. Exactly. <laughs> I also give tons of examples, so I try to cover all my bases and giving lots and lots of examples of different things that you can do with the power sets and stuff like that, so I'm hoping it goes off well. One of the interesting things about this project is the way that you're funding it. You actually have set up a Kickstarter campaign for it. So what led you to decide you wanted to do that? You know, I actually hadn't heard about Kickstarter until a friend of mine actually mentioned it. And they said, I saw this uh, Kickstarter for Doe. And I'm like, what's a Kickstarter? So they sent me a, uh, a link to this game called Doe. And it's pretty cool. And I went ahead and contributed to that. And I started thinking about what I could do. And I liked the setup. It reminds me of back in the day when the kings would become a patron to an artist and would take an artist under their wing and pay their room and board and make sure that they had all the materials they had and everything. Then like the king gets to say, I found this artist and look at all of the wonderful things that I have allowed him to do. It kind of reminds me of that only instead of a nobleman, it's all of the fans. All of the fans get to let me make a game for them. It's a really fun concept and a fun way of approaching it versus the, I'm going to release a game and I hope people like it. You know, it's more of a, hey, here's what I'm doing. If you are interested in this type of thing, pre-order. Because it basically, I'm using it as a pre-order, but I'm yeah. also giving lots of incentives, t-shirts, stuff like that. Trying to make sure that anybody who does give to the Kickstarter is going to get their money's worth for helping upfront. It's an interesting thing because you feel kind of like you're a part of the project yeah. when you contribute to it. And I've even gone through and I started taking some chances on a couple of smaller projects to see if they go through. You know, and that's kind of the thing is Kickstarter isn't guaranteed. If you don't make enough money, then yeah. it all kind of falls through and then whatever. But if you hit your goal, then it's awesome. As of this recording, you've still got a bit over a month left yeah. if anyone wants to go on and contribute to this project. I think it's really cool and I'm looking forward to play it. I really want to play this game. So I really encourage folks to do that. Before we sign off here and we give information for people who want to go and check that out. Is there anything else that you've got going on you want to give any quick little plugs for? Yeah, most definitely. The newest source book for Wushing the Ninja Crusade, my uh, second game line of Warring Clans of Ninja, just dropped its first source book and it already has a 10 out of 10 review, so if you guys are waiting for a review, it's got a perfect review on RPGNet, so yay. Just got that today. So happy about that. And the newest source book for Apocalypse Prevention Inc., which is is Demon Codex Spectrals just dropped a couple of months ago, and it's getting also very good reviews, so if you're a fan of Apocalypse Prevention Inc., don't forget to go get that game. Cool, awesome. I actually have some friends in a gaming group that I think are wanting to try out API sometime soon, so there may be more of that happening. <laughs> well, and we're also working on an API uh, Savage Worlds edition. Oh, cool. Uh, which I'm really, really hoping that I can get out by Gen Con. 
I'm really, really hoping that we can. <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's hitting all of its playtest marks, uh-huh. so it's looking like there should be no issue. However, it could not make it, but I'm really, really hoping it does. Nice. <laughs> well, me too. That sounds great. Yeah. Savage Worlds, obviously, being a system I'm a lot more familiar with, so that's, <laughs> that's always, uh, right. that always makes me happy. Savage Worlds is a setting that I kind of fell in love with from the first time that I played it, and, you know, it has a different flavor from the dynamic gaming system that I designed, but both are really fun ways to play. So API and the Savage Worlds edition, we've been working really hard to make sure that it keeps the feel that the DGS has, mm-hmm. but reflecting in Savage Worlds rules, and it's coming along very nicely. Yeah, Savage Worlds is moldable enough that you can do a lot of different things with it, so that's well, definitely always uh, very cool that that's working out. So if anyone wanted to go online to find you, or your site, or the part-time gods project where would they go well the part-time gods project is primarily on kickstarter if you just go to search and hit part-time it's gonna come up it's gonna be the first one our website is thirdeyegames.net i also have a blog and that's alloythesaint.com excellent well i urge everyone out there to go and check it out and thanks very much for coming and talking to me i appreciate it thanks jim